It's April the 16th. Let's read the Bible. Welcome back, friends, to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Here we are in the middle of April. We're in the Gospel of Luke. What a privilege it is to come back day after day and read the Word of God. Before we get into the Gospel of Luke, let me just mention two things to you today. If you want to help us, there are two ways you could help us a great deal. Number one would be to like each day's video. It's just, it's something interesting. If you click that like button on Rumble or YouTube or on Facebook, it helps a great deal. So if you like the videos, more people will, will see the videos and more people will join us. Also, if you want to help us, subscribe to our KBM YouTube channel or to the Keep Believing Rumble channel, and it's easy to do. You basically just click a button, and that means every time we add a new video, you'll receive an instant notification. So by liking the videos and by subscribing to our YouTube channel or the Rumble channel, you can help us a great deal. Okay, here we are, second day in the wonderful Gospel of Luke. We've already been through the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus as the King of the Jews. We have been through the Gospel of Mark, Jesus as the great servant who comes not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Now the Gospel of Luke, Jesus as the Son of Man, the, the perfect man from heaven. He is the Son of Man who is also the Son of God. And I gave you this geographical uh, outline for the Gospel of Luke, from heaven to earth, that's chapters 1, 2, and 3, from Galilee to Jerusalem, chapters 4 through 19, and then from Jerusalem back to heaven, that's chapters 20 through 23. And, and I commented yesterday that Luke, of course, was a physician. He was a doctor, a medical doctor. He's called the beloved physician. And that's one reason why in this gospel, you have all these healing miracles. Luke was extremely interested in the details of how Jesus healed the sick and the demon possessed and raised the dead and all the rest. And I think that's one reason why we get so much detail surrounding the birth of our Lord. We know more about the birth of Jesus from Luke than from anywhere else in the New Testament. Shouldn't surprise us that a medical doctor is interested in the circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God. Someday, Luke chapter 4, which begins with the temptation of Jesus, Luke chapter 5, with the call of the first disciples, and then Luke chapter 6, there's going to be a showdown uh, about healing of a man on the Sabbath day. And then at the end of Luke chapter 6, we've got Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. It's not exactly the same as Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's a shorter version, and evidently it didn't take place on a mountain. It's often called the Sermon on the Plain. And you'll see both the similarities and the differences because obviously, like any good preacher, uh, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't just give it one time. He repeated elements of it many times, I'm sure, and we've got Luke's version of it here in chapter 6. So let's start. Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. When they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, 
it is written, man must not live by bread alone. So he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority because it has been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. The news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being praised by everyone. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Doctor, heal yourself. What we've heard that took place in Capernaum, do here in your hometown also. He also said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown, but I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's days, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, while a great famine came over all the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them except a widow at Zarephath and Sidon. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had leprosy, and yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove them out of town, and brought him to the edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him over the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Then he went down to, to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority in the synagogue. There was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And throwing him down before them, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. Amazement came over them all. They were saying to one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. The news about him began to go out every place in the vicinity. And he left the, after he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him about her. 
So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. As he laid his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. When it was day, he went out and made his way to a deserted place. But the crowds were searching for him. They came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Luke chapter 5. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master Simon replied, We've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they bought, brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. While he was in one of the towns, a man was there who had leprosy all over him. He saw Jesus fell face down and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him, saying, I am willing be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. On one of those days, while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem, and the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then, some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they couldn't find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, Why are you thinking in your this way in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, he got up before them, picked up what he'd been lying on, and went home glorifying God. 
that everyone was astounded and they were giving glory to God. And they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were reclining at the table with him. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, John's disciples fast often and say prayers, and those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. Jesus said to them, You can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? But the time will come when the groom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. It will spill and the skins will be ruined. No, new wine is put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants new because he says the old is better. Luke chapter 6. On a Sabbath, he passed through the grain fields. His disciples were picking heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Haven't you read what David and those who were with him did when they were hungry, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat? He even gave some to those who were with him. Then he told them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. A man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a charge against him. But he knew their thoughts and told the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand here. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? After looking around at them all, he told him, Stretch out your hand. He did. And his hand was restored. They, however, were filled with rage and started discussing with one another what they might do to Jesus. During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. After coming down with him, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, they came to hear and to be healed of their diseases, and those tormented with unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Then looking up at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, because the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are hungry now, because you will be filled. 
Blessed are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies and do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. If anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from someone who takes your things, don't just and don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemy. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can the blind guide the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the splinter that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the beam of wood in your eye, Hypocrite! First, take the beam of wood out of your eye, then you will see clearly. Take out the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes, or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks. From the overflow of the heart. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Don't do the things I say. I will show you what someone is like who comes to me. Here's my words and acts on them. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed, and the destruction of that house was great. I find this very convicting, bothersome, troubling. I I don't know how you feel. I read this like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew. I read this Sermon on the Plain, and I'm bothered, troubled. I'm not bothered about you. I'm only bothered about me, so far to go. 
So let's pray that we would hear the words of Jesus. Lord, let us hear what you're saying. We pray, Lord, that whatever you say will not only hear, but will come on the inside and change us. And we pray, having been changed on the inside, it'll change the way we talk and the way we act and the way we forgive and the way we love and the way we generous in the way we treat those who mistreat us. Lord God, we are so far from this, but Jesus, you're a wonderful Savior. Thank you for telling us what it means to truly follow you. So come and fill us with your Spirit. So may these words be true of us. May we today be people who build on the solid foundation of your Word, because we all hear it and believe it, but we do it and put it into practice. So, friends, go out. Have a wonderful, God-blessed day. Let's hear, let's believe, let's put into practice the words of Jesus. If we do that, it will truly be a wonderful day. God bless, folks. Have a great God-blessed day. Come back tomorrow. We'll do this again.